0: Check it out right now at gitladka.com. Inflexure was launched in 2007. They serve customers like large defense contractors, supply chain companies, a mix of on-prem and cloud solutions. They'll do a million dollars per month in revenue up from 830,000 a month just a year ago. So nice growth serving 5,500 customers. Many customers pay, have several hundred thousand per year, which is great. Nice expansion there. And he's done this all bootstrapped. which was incredible by Adam. He owns a hundred percent of the business. The company will profit, call it 5% this year as he looks to continue to scale. Uh, we'll see what happens next. Hey, folks, my guest today is Adam Sandman, who founded Inflectra in 2006. He's been a programmer since the age of 10. Today, he serves as the company's CEO. He's responsible for product strategy, technology, innovation, and business development. He lives in Washington, D.C. with his family. Adam, you ready to take us to the top? Yep, I'm ready. All right. So Inflectra helps customers deliver quality software. What does that mean?
1: Oh. An engineer would say quality is fitness for purpose. But for us, what it means is keeping the world running. I mean, that's what uh, our team does every day, that's what our passion is. We work with uh, companies that are in the biospace utilities, energy companies, literally every sector of the economy that you rely on to get to work every day to have power in your house to clean water, we work with those kind of companies to make sure all of the i t systems they have uh, work as they should uh, and and going forward in the future anticipate risks that might come so that uh, you know as as the world evolves and changes they 're ready to address those risks so yeah. uh that's what, we're for. That's what we're here for.
0: And we spoke back in May of 2022. You told me your biggest customers are large defense contractors and supply chain companies, a mix of on-prem and cloud. Is that still the case?
1: Yep, that is definitely still the case. Uh, a lot of bio companies, I think, have added into the mix, uh, but definitely a lot of aerospace. When I see a defense, a lot of aerospace uh, companies, but also maritime and but l- large platform companies are making uh, big hardware, as well as uh, companies working in the supply chain manufacturing space. Uh, automotive aerospace, but also general
0: manufacturing um, as well, IoT and those sort of sectors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Let's sort of fast forward the past 12 to 18 months. I want to talk about sort of how you thought about product. Obviously, we're in a very different economic climate today than we were in May of 2022. Curious how you've changed or pivoted, I guess. But first, um, have you decided to sort of expand with the current customers you had back a year and a half ago? You had about 5,000, what you told me, or have you focused on expanding into new accounts?
1: Uh, That's a great question, and we've done a a bit of both, but a lot of it has been expanding into adjacent buying points in the same customer, Ah. as well as referrals and partnerships, so finding working with partners at broadest deals and finding more deals with them uh, and then obviously looking at larger customers and finding adjacent buying points or following referrals where you know, oftentimes people are consultants, they move from organization to organization and they bring us in into those organizations uh, and that's been a large part of the you know direct sort of sales as well as the partnership sales and then of course we're still looking for new buying points that fit our ideal t- target client. One thing I think we've done be- a better job of in the last 18 months has been defining our ideal client. We, we spent a lot of work this year on messaging and message development and uh, our website is still in the midst of that transition if you go to it so it's you'll see it's an evolving state but really trying to hone down what is our our ideal customer what is our USP at a much more at a much more deep level not just the technology that sells you know quality software but what is our client trying to do which clients do we find resonate the most and then putting our resources into those clients rather than chasing everyone under the sun Mm -hmm. so I think when it comes to the new sales really honing down Obviously, we'll be opportunistic if someone comes to us, but not expending resources and not prospecting and not, you
0: know, focusing outside of that core as much as we might have done, you know, 18 months ago. So I'm curious how much you've grown over the past 18 months. And then I want to drive deeper into how you decided what ICP to go after, because you had a huge bucket of customers to choose from, right? So what has growth looked like the past 12 to 18 months?
1: Uh, it's been about a year of, uh, quarter, you know, period of a period, about 25%. So we would hope to be actually higher about, I think, 30, 35%, I may have said. So it's been a little bit lower than we'd, we'd hoped. Uh, but what we um, the reason for that? The number one reason has been well.
0: Just to be clear, Adam, sorry, just to give everyone a number. So t- you said I think you were about ten million dollar run rate last time yep. we spoke. That would put That's you right. at about twelve, thirteen today. Is that right? That's right. That's right. That's okay. right. Um, so we were hoping for a little bit higher, but I think what we found is that the
1: sales cycles this last this year, particularly a little bit less so last year, have extended. Typically, our sales cycle is sixty to ninety days. A lot of deals are taking thirty to sixty days longer than that, and mostly it's not in the the the, uh, the the buyers, it's the procurement, it's the legal and the compliance. Uh, a lot of those stages are taking just incredible amounts of time. Um, the client says, yes, we want to buy the tool. We've, we've, you know the, the CTO, the CIO, the VP of engineering, whoever the stakeholder is, has said yes. All the bureaucracy now takes another 60 days longer than it did a year ago. A lot mm-hmm. of it's budget. A lot of it's also compliance, security, cyber, uh, GDPR and privacy. Um, a lot of things just seem to be taking longer and it's hard to move those bu- wheels of bureaucracy. Also, as I, you know, we're dealing with these large regulated industries where it's much harder to exert pressure on them because they have a, a cadence for buying software and validating it and doing all the uh, the compliance stuff that you can't really accelerate. So,
0: what does that mean for today? Still serving out five thousand customers, or slightly more? Uh,
1: more, than, yeah, more than that. I think it's about ten percent more than that. Uh, okay. because obviously we've added a lot of existing you know deals and cross selling into our other customers.
0: Yep, so call it FUTMB 5,500 today. Now, again, there's a lot of people right now listening sitting on a customer base of 1,000, 2,000, but they want less customers that pay more. What process did you go through to figure out what customers you want to serve? A lot of people would say, I just download from Stripe. I sort from which customers have paid me the most to the least, and then I go find more that pay me the most.
1: Uh, So, what we've done, we've done two factors. factors. One is we have some older clients that were on older. The pricing that we've been ratcheting up and that by natural attrition will, will do that the second thing is we found that we wanted clients that will have a longer LTV with us customers that are going to be with us for five to ten years because of the onboarding time takes time the training it's a wealthy complex suite and that we find that customers after the first year will stay with us for five to six years but if the first one or two years are rocky they'll leave so we want to find customers that really align with the, with the, com- with the product and not just the, the product they might buy but the product suites they can upgrade. And what we found is if we look at the sectors and the types of customer, it's customers that have a degree of compliance needs, but yet also need to be agile. So we we looked at the world in two lenses, which is the agile, DevOps, fast-paced technology companies. We look at these industries that are very traditional with lots of compliance needs. And we find the cases where the clients are trying to make a move for a digitized future, but they have these regulations. These are our our most qualified clients. So think of a a life science company that's got a, a relatively new medical device that they wanted to deliver it in a very agile way and take the market by storm, but they've got to get FDA approval in three years, five years, whatever it is. So they they have to have a well-defined software system like ours. They can't just wing it together using spreadsheets or you know other tools. Uh, so that's a great example of a client that we we would now proactively target, and then similarly clients in the a um, manufacturing space that, again, they want to digitize their future. They want to be able to deliver software-defined vehicles, software-defined manufacturing. So they want to be agile and differentiate, but they also need to follow all the processes they already have. Whereas a client that's never going to change, we don't want them as much, or a client that's just, you know, a IT company that's just going to release software, change tools every year, they um, they they're not going to be a long term customer with us, or they're certainly not going to expand and grow and be the reference that we
0: would need. We want clients that not only
1: want to be our customer but evangelize to other customers. for and us. And so,
0: when you look at your concentration at the top of your book today, like obviously I don't name who they are, the logos, but your top customers say, do you have anyone paying the five hundred thousand dollars per year? What's the top cu- what's the top group of customers paying?
1: Yeah, so the largest defense type companies are probably paying. I have to get the numbers. but somewhere in the. I guess if you look at across all their buying points, a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year. That would be, okay. and they're mostly the large defense companies or aerospace companies. Um, and then from there, you're going to go down into the large biotech, large IT companies, uh, manufacturing that are paying fifty thousand, sixty, seventy thousand a year. And there's a large, there is a, there is a large tail of the people paying twelve to
0: 15,000, 15,000 a year. Um, which obviously forms the base of the pyramid. So you're not a sales guy, but if you want to go target the folks paying ten, twelve thousand 12,000 per year and get them up to fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 per year, right. what does that look like? Are you putting another product in front of them? Are you asking them to buy more seats in the same, in the same business unit? Or how does that look? Uh,
1: it's, both. It's uh, first of all identifying additional uh, personas in this that use that in their organization that would use additional features, and that's why we actually have three flavors of our product. So we don't just have, even though it's really one product, we sell it in three distinct flavors, which target different personas. So what are the three? One, one, two, three. Oh, uh, sorry, Spira test Spire Team, and Spire Plan. One product. one's for QA audience. One is for a like an agile engineering team. One is going to be for a PMO. Program management, risk management team. You sell to the to QA team first. You can then expand it to the Dev team, to the, the, the wider the team that's using the tool, and then you can go up the ladder to the PMO that's managing team of teams. And that way, you're expanding from fifteen thousand a year to you know, seventy five thousand a year. Mm-hmm. Then we have a second product, which is an automation suite, more specialized. We don't go into that to try and sell to customers standalone because the cost of sales is much higher. The t- the POCs, all of the the things you have to do to sell is much more complicated. But we've when you've got a qualified client on our primary platform, we can cross-sell
0: that uh, very effectively. How do you and do, do that, Adam? Do you have a sales rep that is dedicated to that customer that is responsible for upselling product two and product yes. three? Or is there an, a, a different sales team per product line?
1: Uh We do, we, we used to do it per product. We changed it to per industry. So when Why? you sign it for us, uh, because of the discontinuity. So what happened is you bought product one. I get to know you know your problems, hand you off product to product person two, hand you off to customer success. So we've gone to an account management model by industry and by region. So if you're in North America and in uh, aerospace, you'll get one person. If you're in North America and in healthcare, you get someone else. If you're in Europe, you get someone else. Across so on, all so
0: of those. So then your sales team has to be well-educated in all three product lines. It can't be a specialist Correct. in one.
1: That's right. Now, obviously, we do have pre-sales engineers who can, you know, Augment their knowledge. But yes, they have to know all the products and they have to know at least two or three industries. And we're not big enough to have one person per industry. As we get bigger, you would expect to be of an industry in, in knowledge as well. So we're taking, uh, so our salespeople have to be technically smart, know sales,
0: and also understand the industries they serve, which is quite mm-hmm. a big ask. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you, When you recruit sales reps, do you recruit them from the specific industry that you want them to then sell to, or do you just go find the best salesperson you can that knows how to hit quota?
1: Uh, we've most of the latter, uh, and then we find the industries that they will fit best with. Um, and, and that seems to work best. Some have come. From, okay. So just be some clear, you better. find great sales reps and yes, correct. teach them yes. more about the industry. Yeah. We're not hiring a bio person. We have somebody who knows these kind of products is really good. Good at communication, good at closing, good at following through, and then
0: they'll learn the industry stuff. I see. Uh, how many folks are full time today? Uh, right now about 50, 55, I think. How many carry a quota? Uh, we don't. Uh,
1: we, uh, we don't carry individual quotas we have a te- we have a company quota uh and we everyone's paid salary we don't
0: do any commissions so that's one okay. unique feature so how many are on the sales team
1: uh fifty five including if you exclude customer success and you exclude
0: partnerships I think it's about fifteen okay roughly. one five and how many are actually one one writing five. writing pushing code every month engineers
1: oh so, oh sorry uh,
0: code um team
1: size across the, both the two platforms that's so five plus Five, fifteen,
0: about twenty, twenty. Interesting. Yeah. So, did I hear you? I, I hear you're doing the math. Did you sort of put five engineers Do engineers work on all three products, or do you put five engineers on product one, five on two, three? Uh, five was on
1: product one, and there is another uh, five, ten to five, ten on the other core product, and there's another five that do
0: like add-ons, extensions, and uh, you know the. But you the let s- them specialize products. in that same product. They don't switch yes. between no, products that's month correct. to month.
1: Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Hundred percent.
0: Very interesting. Okay,
1: why no quotas? team we found that team collaboration is the key we we did try it years ago and what we found is that if it's my deal or your deal we're not going to work together and because the, the products are complicated and the industries are often inter- interspersed, and we have multinational companies we, if you've got a sales team in EMEA who's working with a sales team in North America the just salesperson salesperson North America we want them to collaborate we don't want them fighting over who's going to get the target and that was the main reason very interesting
0: you uh last year you were bootstrapped are you still bootstrapped today
1: we are. We've had many offers and uh, we, we, we've talked to companies. We're not
0: in the market yet. But maybe what's, what's, what's the most interesting offer you got? Don't name the company, but what was the price? Like what they say, want to buy you for a hundred million bucks or what?
1: Uh, there's ones that want to do uh, probably less than that now, because the evaluations are down a bit. Uh, ones that want to merge, one is interesting. One that wants us to be part of a manufacturing, very, very industry vertical approach. Other ones uh, want us to go you know, very horizontal across all
0: industries. What was the highest um, offer you got though, Adam, that you rejected?
1: we honestly we haven't got to a firm firm offer so they they're all talking you know 6x 8x i would say but we hadn't gotten to the 60 diligence. million 80
0: million yeah, yeah, something yeah, like yeah.
1: that okay right we, right exactly
0: so who someone's listening right now they really love you they really want to partner with you or buy or whatever what is the right partner for you what are you looking for uh, for a partner it will be a, a firm that that has a service offering a consulting firm that
1: wants to expand their business, that wants to be able to extend their range of services uh, and is willing to not just sell a product, but also build an offering of their company around that service.
0: I see. And you would consider something between an $80 million and $100 million all cash offer today?
1: Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, to, when you say partnership, I think you meant to partner with the company, to acquire us. Um, strategic alignment and cultural alignment is number one. And then the other stuff, yes, we can negotiate on equity or cash. I have to say the number one thing is cultural alignment. Yeah. All the people here would want to work it has to be someone that we all want to work for, or at least hand over the company to. I don't. How know much the- equity
0: does the team own today? What's the ESOP pool you've set up? Ten percent, fifteen percent?
1: No, actually, none. It's uh, there's no. Uh, I'm sole owner.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so you own one hundred percent. Do they have like phantom shares or anything?
1: We'll we will do that when we if we if once we start. Uh, yeah, the plan is once we get near an offer, an actual offer, we would do that. Exactly, that's exactly right. We do a phantom. Sh- uh, Plan. Adam, plan
0: and this is very sensitive but you are very rich on paper right do you already have some exit where you're able to go buy the house you want build a family vacation when you want like how do you diversify your net worth out of your SaaS company a little oh, bit
1: uh, um yeah great i mean i will be, i have uh, first of all i have rental i have real estate uh, rental real estate which is great because it, it's a nice cash generating asset that's uh low, lower growth but very again very safe and gives you that diversification how many beds uh, how many beds do you have in your in your real estate portfolio uh three three single family houses okay great uh that's my own house we live in the house that we love our kids have gone are in college almost finished
0: so that's all paid for um so there's not a ton i need it's more okay. the, it's more the fun of the chase there you go he, he keeps his expenses low and makes some money off his real estate which is great that's a nice ni- nice nice position to be in now are you guys do you operate right at break even or is the company 10% profitable today 20% profitable? Uh, uh
1: depending
0: on the year zero to 10 some years to 10%, 10% some, ten- okay. some years will be close to break even what do you think this year will be
1: um, I would say around 5% just because we okay. uh, the rate, rate's a bit lower than we'd hoped.
0: I mean, still 5% uh, profit on 13 million AR. I mean, that's 500,000 bucks of profit this year. That's pretty good. Right, right. right. And, that, and that's, you know, we, we want to reinvest it. We don't want to sit on cash. So it makes yep. sense. Yep, yep, yep. Very cool. Or if you do, you just go buy another investment home, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. My wife, like, she, she wants to go to California. So who knows? Get, <laughs> something out there. Get something out there to rent out and then move there up as if you can afford California. Who knows?
0: That's awesome, Adam. All right. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, a book you're reading right now.
1: Oh, I just finished reading. Um, it's called The Glass Hotel. I forget the name of the author. It's a, I'm a New York author. She also, um, uh, it's really, really, good. Re- it's a really good book. I, I really enjoyed reading it. I'm also reading another book by David Mitchell called, um, oh God, it's about Utopia Avenue. It's about a, a, rock, a fictitious rock band from the 1960s, which is just a great read. He's a great writer. He did Cloud Atlas, did Bone Clocks. I love his, all of his That's
0: stuff. Amazing. Number two is our CEO you're following or studying.
1: Um. Oh, geez. Uh, I always like Richard Branson just because
0: he's. Uh, but I think I said that last time. That's okay. You can say Uh, it again. Number three. What's your favorite online tool for building the business?
1: Right now, instantly.
0: I love instantly. Uh, we just started using that
1: to cold emails and prospecting, and it combines the best of Apollo and Zoom Info and a bunch of tools. So
0: I love instantly. And guys, if you want to hear the Instantly story, search Latka Instantly on your podcast app oh. or on YouTube. We had them on the show. They went from zero to $2.4 million run rate very quickly, starting off as an agency model, moving into SaaS. Really cool story there. Uh, glad, you, okay. glad you liked them, Adam. Uh, number, uh, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, eight. Okay, good. And when i Except when i been jet lagged. Jet lagged. <laughs> I came back from Dubai
1: and I was awake, sleeping awake in waking 2 in the morning. Sorry. Do you have customers in Dubai? Uh, yes, we do. We just closed our first one a week after the conference, actually.
0: Wait, what was that like? I mean, is it the same sales process as in the UK or the
1: U.S.? Um, small cust well, small companies in Dubai, like anywhere, they'll buy with a credit card, easy.
0: Large companies, you've got to have an office there, a presence there. You've got to do a lot more of that uh, in person. What's the what's the inflection point? Anything below ten thousand contract value credit? I cards? would
1: say, yeah, sounds about right. And also, is it is it a government and enterprise, or is it a private small? Like a lot, a lot of firms, there are Indian companies that have set up shop there uh, or, or, or of other companies. Those private companies, easy to sell to you, 10,000, 15,000. Government entity that's building out a large part of the infrastructure, that's a whole different beast.
0: Interesting. Okay, so married, two kiddos, they're out of, off to college. I yep. believe you had a birthday, so you're 48 now? December 4th, so coming up. Not yet, almost. <laughs> okay, so still 47? Mm-hmm. All right, very good. So 47 years old. Last question, something you wish you knew when you were 20? <laughs> Raising kids, what a pain, uh, but we love them.
1: Um. Oh, uh, don't don't worry about what other people think of you. Do mm. what you do, what you enjoy, do what you love, and don't let people
0: tell you you can't do it. That's yeah. why, yeah, that's what I would say. I love that, guys. And Flexure was launched in 2007. They serve customers like large defense contractors, supply chain companies, a mix of on-prem and cloud solutions. They'll do a million dollars per month in revenue, up from 830,000 a month just a year ago. So nice growth, serving 5,500 customers. Many customers pay have several hundred thousand per year, which is great, nice expansion there. And he's done this all bootstrapped, which is incredible by Adam. He owns 100% of the business. The company will profit, call it 5% this year, as he looks to continue to scale. Uh, we'll see what happens next. Adam, thanks for taking us to the top.
1: Thanks so much, Nathan. Have a good one.